Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Misty and I are talking about the large topic of grief. So we are really honored to have you here with us and navigate this conversation that affects everybody. Yeah. You know, I've had... several people send me messages about grief and I personally held off until I felt like this sounds really crazy, but I had to think about this till I had a stronger voice. Um, and I felt confident in our podcast because grief is not linear and we're all humans and it's very different. And it's a touchy subject. Like, see, I'm already starting to cry and I haven't even said anybody's name, but like, it's a visceral in your body thing. And so I had to come to a place where I could kind of evaluate what I do to stay mindful about grief so that I could share those practices with others. I really get that. Um, I really get that. And it's funny, this culture, this American culture we live in, we're not the best at dealing with grief. There are hundreds of cultures around the world that really honor the grieving process, but Americans, we know this, we are an undergrieved society to say the least. And the funny thing about it is that a, nobody's getting out of here alive. Right. And B, we are all going to lose the people that we love, you know, depending on the timeline of when, of when we die. And it's a topic that people don't want to talk about. They don't want to talk about death. Grief is supposed to be something that you kind of take a week off of work to figure out and then careen back into your life. And grief is a lifelong journey, you know, and I think mindfulness is pretty vital to the process so that we remind ourselves we're not going to die from the painful feelings, right? Even though sometimes it feels like we can't handle it. And two, the mindfulness of like friendship and connection and reaching out is so important, you know, but we feel, I think often like ashamed in our grief or like, I should be over this by now. And I'm just going to not say anything, but our people are who matter the most in this, this process. I agree. That's probably, I would say the number one thing in my support and my mindfulness practice when it comes to grief is reaching out to those people that are very intimate in that situation. Um, And what I found, and maybe you found this too, when the when the person passed away, there was a few people that came into my life that weren't really actively in my life, but they joined back into my life when I was in that grieving process. And so they kind of helped me grow and move through that. And those people are actually some very important people for me. And so I use that all the time is today. I'm just feeling, you know, really sad, or I'm feeling really overwhelmed by the fact, like for me, 
when I was raised by my grandparents, my granddad was killed in a tragic car accident about seven years ago. And my grandmother subsequently were the home I was raised in, you know, it was too much for her. And it had so many memories and she wanted to move on with her life later. And so she moved. And with that move went my entire childhood, the, the memories I had there and the people I had that anchored me there and the grief of that plus the grief of my granddad was very, very difficult. And so when I feel kind of like lost from those people, I try to tether myself back to those people because they are the people that knew him and knew the situation and knew me. And I find that just having that and them saying like, oh, I miss him so much or he was great at this. Ah, okay, you're right. You're right. Let's celebrate his memory. And that is the reminder in my mindfulness. I go like a journey from I'm sad. I miss him to gosh, there was so much. I'm going to celebrate him. How can I celebrate him? That's so beautiful. Um, I think what you said too, is so key. Like, yes, you're grieving the loss of the person, but grief is also the loss of anything. It's the ending of anything. It could be the ending of a home, right? At the selling of a home and all the memories in that home. It could be the ending or leaving of a job. It could be the ending of a friendship or, or a dream that like we realize probably isn't going to come to fruition. Like there's grieving there, you know? And yeah, when you've lost somebody, they've died and there's these other losses on top of it. It's a lot. So one um, of the things are, Oh, I'm sorry. One of the things I wrote down was do you feel like today you're grieving in a way, the way the world used to be like how life used to be? Do you ever feel like, cause that's sometimes what I feel like. I feel like I have to give myself, I go in a hole, like oh, life is so hard and you have to take COVID tests before you do anything. And you got to show your vaccine, you know, all of that. And then I'm like, I get sad about it. And then I kind of have to give myself a pep talk and it feels very much like grief. Yeah. Kind of for me, like a, I really get that. Um, for me, there was a lot of good granted. I didn't have anybody in my family or anyone who I love deeply die from COVID. So I can say this, I have a different viewpoint. I would have a different viewpoint if, if I had lost somebody, but, um, there was so much good for our family that came out of it that I'm sort of in this place of thank God something brought our lives to a screeching halt because we were overworked. We were overwhelmed. We were too busy. We were disconnected as a family. And so I think for me, that's stronger than, than missing. Cause I do miss how things used to be, but there's so many positives for us. You know what I mean? And, and I look at everything that's happened, like from the major energy in the social justice movement, you know, and so there's so many moving pieces to where we're at right now as a country that I'm like, I actually don't even know. Maybe my answer is I don't even know how I'm feeling, <laughs> you and know, see, sometimes that's grief. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I, when I started thinking about, you know, the loss of like my town and my home and stuff, then I'm like, well, when you think about it that way, when it's not a person, like what you said and something you lost, like, I feel like we lost some things and I definitely am like you. I feel like there was a lot that I gained, but I also like, 
think about my kids. You know, they wear masks to school and, you know, they worry about COVID all the time and those sorts of things. And so it brings me back daily. And I have to remind myself and be very mindful of that, that there were good things. We are very lucky. We could be way back where we were, you know? So it's the same for me. It feels very much like the same kinds of things I went through grieving a person. Yeah. I mean, totally because loss is loss, you know, it just is like, whether you're in a place where you're grateful for the changes or whether you're in a place where you're really grieving the life that you had pre March, 2020, you know, everybody's experienced some kind of loss. And I think just acknowledging it, like, just because my perspective is that I think we're actually in a better place in our family doesn't mean that anybody else should feel that, you know what I mean? Like, I think the journey is so unique. It's as unique as people are on this planet. I mean, billions of journeys, right. Toward loss and grief and moving through and to really just honor how you're feeling. I mean, and not let anybody tell you that you should feel any different. You know, that was one of the things we talked about on a previous podcast was about like the healing from COVID and the, and stuff like that. And people rushing you to like, get back to life and go to soccer practice and all of that stuff. And man, it's hard, you know, to pump the brakes and remember how crazy life was before and to to kind of stop that. And it's tracks from happening again. Cause I definitely, am like you, I don't want to get there again either. No, you know, one of the things, I don't know if you've done this with your granddad, but I always try to tell friends who have lost somebody really close to them, because this has been one of the biggest blessings I don't know how I thought to do it. I used to write a lot. I mean, I have like 30 full journals in my closet. And when my mom died 15, 16 years ago, maybe I did it to help myself feel closer to her, but I took a fresh notebook and I started writing in detail, all these memories of her, just scenes in my head, like visions, flashes of memory. And when I go back and look at it today, there's no way I would have remembered any of that it's like a detailed recollection of just the small moments together and like her mannerisms and like how she used to love to wear red lipstick and fluff her hair when I would come home from college, you know? And, um, I think in any grieving journey journaling, if you're into that is really healing because it helps you get stuff out of your head, but it also becomes kind of a memoir for the person or for the event or for the situation that you're grieving. And, I go back and look at it when I'm really missing her. I mean, it's like a hundred pages of memories that are definitely not in my head and that much um, vividness anymore. Oh my gosh. That is so beautiful. And I bet so just priceless to you. And you're right. You do. You lose all. I think about stuff, all things pop in my head all the time. And I actually now write those in my journal. And I wish I would have done that. Like, right. Whenever it all happened. Yeah. We just, we're, we forget, we're forgetful, you know, I, we just, especially when we're in a place of trauma, the trauma of, of somebody dying, either watching someone die or getting that phone call, you know, there's a lot of stuff that leaves the mind that we, that we forget. Oh yeah. I, it happened when I found out I was driving and I got a call on my cell phone and I remember like not knowing what to do. And I pulled over into a Starbucks and for a long time, long time, if I saw Starbucks, which hello, 
<laughs> Starbucks are everywhere. I would think about that moment and just like that feeling. And I would have to really breathe. And so I know how people feel like there's little tiny triggers that wouldn't otherwise be there for people, but they might be there for you. What I had, I used to get mad at myself about it because it was like three years later. And I'm like, good gracious, Misty, there's Starbucks everywhere. You can't cry all the time. Once I finally was like, you know what? Everyone just says it's time. Everyone tells you it just takes time. Once I finally like just told myself like, it's going to take time. One of these days you'll drive by Starbucks and it won't make you cry. And it did. I don't know when it was, but just uh, suddenly I didn't cry at Starbucks. And it was, I guess that's part of my healing journey was just accepting that that's where I was and that's how long it was going to take. And once I accepted that, I feel like I kind of started moving forward a little bit. Yeah. It just takes time, you Mm -hmm. know, and sometimes that's the most annoying thing to hear when you're in it and then you're through it and you're like, oh, they were right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Totally true. Totally true. I mean, you know, if you're in the midst of grief right now and that pit, that feeling that pit in your stomach, you know, like over time that subsides over time, the triggers of location. There's a lot to do with location and grief, like where you were when you got certain news. Um, all of that starts to soften. It just does. And I think the main thing to remember is that grief is, is just energy and it's not something to be afraid of. And in fact, grief is like deep honoring of the loss. I heard, I wish I could remember where this is from. If I remember, I'll put it in the show notes, but I heard this phrase. I did a, I've done two classes, yoga classes on grief in the last year. And one of them is grief is healing in motion. Grief is the energy of healing in motion, because if we're not connecting to our grief, we're not allowing ourselves to move through that healing process. And so, you know, like we kind of talked earlier in the podcast, this country is just like, oh, take a couple of days off work and then come back where in other societies, there's like sitting for 30 days, there's celebrating the body. I mean, there's so much that happens. that's so beautiful. Um, and so whatever your process is and whatever time you have, you might have one day. I mean, but not being afraid of those feelings and really connecting to them as energy and as motion moving through, I think is so, so key. That is really key. And you're right. It is very much energy. And that's why you're like, I have to get it out Mm -hmm. Um, with that in mind. So that's like the bad, I don't want to say the bad, the heavy part of grief. I feel like on the flip side of that, there's the celebration of people. And I want people to be mindful of when you're turning this way, celebrating that person is a great way to shift your focus and really honor that person. Um, One of the things I've done... (laughs) this sounds really crazy Uh, through my gardening because I apparently love gardening and flowers and stuff. I just started like planting things for people that I love and watching that grow and nurture it and talk to it. And it's just really, I don't know, it's a big connection for me. And I feel like it's a way to honor them. And like, we'll, my family will say like, Oh, you know, those are the tomatoes from, you know, uncle Mike or whatever. Um, It's just a good feeling. I know some people have like planted trees in people's honor. I've never gone that far just because we haven't 
we're military, so we haven't had time to plant a tree, but I plant in my garden and I plant like pots and stuff. And it's just a nice way um, to connect with that person and celebrate them. I love that. My, uh, my mom always had rose bushes and my dad knew he really couldn't care for them. You know, he's not a gardener. And so he dug up a couple and gave them to some of her friends in Tucson. And, um, my aunt today, I mean, it's been so long, like a decade and a half. She'll send me, uh, pictures of blooms from Sherry's rosebush. It's oh. still alive and thriving and she's nurturing it. And it blooms. However often roses bloom. I don't know. I've never grown them, but the most exquisite yellow, huge flowers. I mean, I get the picture every year and yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful, um, a really beautiful gesture. I think it doesn't make you be sad. It makes you smile, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a nice, instead of being sad about that person, remember, and just, even if that person had nothing to do with planting or anything, what I think about is just that person. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I just think of memories and like what you were talking about, those weird mannerisms or something we did together comes out. And so I feel like that connection just helps me. I think too, um, over time when it feels right, celebrating the birthday of that person instead of the anniversary of their death. Yeah. For a couple of years I had to celebrate, not celebrate, but like recognize the anniversary of the death because it was so traumatic. I couldn't not. But then I knew it was a turning point in my healing when we, all of us were like, we don't even text each other anymore on the anniversary of the death. We, we do sometimes, you know, but we don't get into it. We don't have a big phone conversation, but we honor her birthday. And sometimes the kids and I, and Eric will go to dinner and celebrate her birthday. Sometimes it's just flowers at home, but I know that's what she would want. You know, I know she would want us to honor that day instead of the day she died. And, um, again, when you're ready, you know what I mean? It could be right away or it could be 10 years later. There's no timeline on any of this, but that was a big turning point in my healing. Same thing happened with me for a long time. We only recognized the anniversary of his death. And now we always call each other and say things on his birthday. So I think like what we said before, that's just a time thing. Cause I have no idea when that really stopped. It just flipped a switch one day. And I think that's when everybody turned a corner and started healing. So there's a language and I don't know how to say it. So I'm going to spell it. We'll give it a shot. It's TZ. Um, not comma, but what, what do you put? Like the, the high comma, what is that called? The apostrophe? Oh yeah. Apostrophe. I, I, I'm guessing. Wait, apostrophe. I is that the, that's this little <laughs> It's guy. been a while since I've had to say that. Okay. The high one. Okay. TZ little Mark. U T U. J I L. Okay. I know it's, it's a tribal language, but in this language, the words for grief and praise are the same. And I think it's meaning you can only grieve what you have loved so dearly. Right. So we know like the relationship to the depth of our grief is equal to the depth of how much we loved. And I think it needs to be honored and recognized that loving that deeply means 
the exquisite risk of losing and grieving deeply and, and it's okay. Yeah, I agree. That's really cool because you're right. That's how much you love that person. Right. Right. So what do you think for, um, an exercise or some homework for anybody grieving? I mean, we talked about perhaps starting the journal, even seven years out, right. Depending on how long you are, you can start the journal of, I'm talking like the small daily moments journaling about that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, even if you're like, Oh, I'm not a journaler, like just recognize that thought and say, thank you self for telling me you're not a journaler and get out a pen and do it anyway. You know what I mean? Like you write things all day for work or to do lists. This is no different. You're just writing some memories in your mind and journaling, write as if nobody's going to see it because they won't, you don't have to edit. You don't have to punctuate. It doesn't have to even make sense. You're stream of thought, getting it out of your head into your arm onto the paper. You know, I'm so glad you said that. Do you know, I used I stopped journaling in a book because I would get mad because my handwriting wasn't pretty. It sounds so ridiculous. Anyways, that's when I switched to my phone and now I just have journal in my phone, but I would get annoyed. So if that annoys you, you're like me, you want nice penmanship. They make journal apps and you can just write in your notes section. (laughs) Right. You could do that for sure. And then what else did we say that would be a good mindful exercise? Maybe plant Um, something for them. Planting. Yes. Yes. I also would say, and this is, again, this is if you're further along in your grieving process. I meditate on my granddad a lot on a memory, on a feeling. Sometimes I see a Robin, you know, Robins are supposed to like be a person visiting you or make you think of them. Um, I meditate and I don't do it for very long, but I just sit and think about him and feel grateful that I had somebody that loved me that much. And then I move on. And in the beginning, there was lots of crying. (laughs) And now it's a happy feeling when I'm done. Like, oh yeah, I remember I used to eat beanie weenies at the store all the time whenever I was growing up and he bought them just for me. You know, like those little things like you were saying about journaling, can you can transfer over to meditation, but again, be gentle with yourself because you could think of crazy memories and overwhelm yourself. Um, so I would say if you're further along. I think that idea, like you mentioned, the Robin is really beautiful too. I, if I hear a dove, there's a really significant, um, I don't know what birds do chirp sound, whatever. There's a really significant sound that doves make. And they were all over our Tucson house. And I hear them here in Texas. And so whenever I hear one, I'm like, Hey mom, you know, like I just take a moment and pause. And then if I see a hummingbird, the same thing, I just, those were her two birds that she just loves so much. And so you can make it up or it can be something significant. I know some people see a feather drop from seemingly nowhere, you know, or you see a Robin or you hear an owl, like whatever that connection to nature is for you look for it or, or make it up. But I have a feeling if you open up to it and look for it and just ask for that invitation, you're going to start hearing something or seeing something that has some significance to that person. And it's beautiful. Cause then you see that creature and you're like, Oh, Hey, Hey dad, 
Hey, grandpa, you know, it's yeah, I swear the Robin lives in our backyard. And there was this one time this baby bird got hurt and it was like limping around on the deck. And while I was videotaping it, the Robin swooped down, like pushed the bird and then the bird flew away. Like it gave him a little shove. And I was like, thanks, Pa. (laughs) Yeah. So sweet. It was probably a fledgling learning to fly. And it was was like this older animal helping the younger one, you know, you're like, got it. (laughs) I know I got it on video and I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. And then I would say the last piece of homework is this is more of an opening to the idea of celebrating a birthday rather than the anniversary of the death. And you'll know when the year comes that it's time to do that. It is on nobody's timeline, but your own. But it might be nice if you feel like that on your heart to kind of motivate yourself to move to that next step. Yeah. That would, if I was listening and I was going through grief and I was kind of like, oh, what do I do next? I need to kind of get out of this. That's a great way to turn the direction like we were saying. So I hope we've given some good suggestions to people. Again, this is, it's a linear process and I'm sure in five more years, I'll still be grieving. It'll look different. And I'm very mindful of it. And I've come a long way. Um, and I'm sure Lauren can say the same thing. So I just wish everyone um, lots of love and peace and, and compassion towards yourself because it's a hard thing. And we're not really equipped to know what to do. <laughs> so we kind of as humans just struggle along the way. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.